0: Tennessee Titans talk, this time, a week from now, preseason home game. We are back. I'm not a historically big preseason guy, but when I haven't been to a game in almost two years, I'm ready. And I'm pumped. <laughs> it's been a long offseason. You guys know I don't love this time of year. There's nothing happening. There's the same coverage in the national and local media. They have jobs to do. There's just nothing going on. in Landon, if I hear – Des Fitzpatrick, we drafted him in the fourth round, we traded up for him, blah, 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 blah. I think they're being hard on this kid uh, because they just don't have anything else to talk about, right? And we knew he was going to struggle, John, because Landon told us that he was overdrafted when he was drafted, (laughs) and he really should have been more of a seventh-round flyer. That's my initial take is I just wish they'd give this kid a break and I'm ready for actual football.
1: Well, it's just kind of hard, especially, like you said, this late in the process to find new interesting stories because we've talked about the stars. We've talked about the strength and weaknesses. Now, especially for the rookies, it's time to see which guys are legit, which guys aren't. And Fitzpatrick, for as much as he played, had a really bad first preseason game. Then he had a really bad practice, and people just jumped all over him.
0: Big fella, it helps when uh, we found out five months ago when we drafted him. Landon told us exactly what was going to happen. So (laughs) it makes hearing it uh, five months later kind of a snore, right?
2: Oh, yeah, without a doubt. I mean – I remember on draft night, we were talking about this specific pick with Fitzpatrick and Landon, his first hot take was, I would have preferred Amon Ross St. Brown. I'm like, yeah, I would have too. You know, I mean, sure. Is there optimism for Fitzpatrick? Yeah. Do we have a stacked wide receiver room? Yeah, we kind of do. Um, So he might just be part of the war of attrition, Um, especially from... Early training camp, all the rave rave reviews Racy McMath was getting, I think that's cooled down a little bit now. But, um, yeah, I mean, a guy that we traded up for, you kind of want that to work out and for him to have a little bit better of a showing. Landon, all that being said, what is
0: Fitzpatrick's fit here? Uh, is he a possibility for the practice squad if he doesn't make this roster? Has he performed that poorly? And John likes the depth
1: of our wide receiver room. What, what do you think? I think he still has the odds-on favorite to make the roster because parts of the something-cost fallacy and there's no guarantee he'd make it to waivers. Just looking at our roster, Julio and A.J. Brown, two guys who can play outside. After that, Reynolds isn't really explosive enough. Marcus Johnson has been one of the, the breakout stars of training camp, but he's been perpetually injured his entire football career. And then Chester Rogers is a smaller guy. He's really our best reserve as far as big outside receivers that are explosive. So I think he sticks around, but he's probably going to be the wide receiver five at best. And McMath might push him out for wide receiver five.
0: So let's talk about our fight. I mean, practice. I mean, fight that we <laughs> had with the MMA this week. My favorite thing about that big fella is clearly nobody cared. I mean, Bruce Arians and our entire coaching staff is like, like, hey, yeah, you know, it's heated. Let's get it. Let's go, you know? And it's like, boy, I mean, it literally came to some pretty big balls. Antonio Brown, surprise, surprise, yeah, lost his mind there. on our boy Chris Jackson. <laughs> you know, you would think in this age there would be a little bit of even some face saving or, oh, uh, they're like, yep, yeah, football. Summer. Training camp. What well, did
2: you think of all that big fun? I'll tell you what. Having played, you know, in high school and college, having two days and all that stuff, you know, I was playing in August in Pennsylvania. These guys are in Tampa, Florida. It's probably yeah. twelve thousand degrees. You know, I saw a billion different reports about Roger Saffold and how many Gatorades he drank, about six or seven in a day and he lost seventeen pounds of water weight in two days. I can just imagine how exhausted yeah. they are because a lot of those periods are you know scrimmages and you know positional drills against the other team so they're probably wiped of course some tempers are going to flare and i think it's so funny that you know out of the, all the head coaches in the league the two guys that i'm like expecting to let let all hell break loose are probably Bruce Arians and Mike Rabel. Like they're right. just gonna let it fly. And yeah, oh yeah. Like you said, basket case Antonio Brown, surprise he is the one to throw the first punch. And from the photos I saw, it actually looks like a pretty clean punch right in the face of Chris yeah. Jackson. But then again, props to Chris Jackson for yeah manning up on Antonio Brown. <laughs>
0: yeah. I no one ever questioned Chris Jackson's toughness. Uh it's he talked to be yeah. to go with what they went through last year. And then like you've always <laughs> talked about you know, certain guys gravitate to certain programs. The kid came from Marshall. I mean, yeah. you just got to be a bit of a – kind of a tough nut. And, yeah, I mean, he, he took that. I mean, Antonio Brown, is crazy as he is, he's legendary. And to go through that and, <laughs> and go toe-to-toe with him, yeah, he wound up getting hit pretty good on that. But we move on. Uh, we look – our defense looked pretty good. Tom Brady is Tom Brady, so he's going to say the right things all the time when he's not on the field. Uh, but he was praised our defense. Lana do you make anything of that? Or is that Tom Brady talk? Or – What do you think of the development of our defense
1: so far? I do buy into it somewhat, partially based on how they played against the Falcons. And the Falcons didn't play a single offensive starter, I think, but just the entire defensive front was outstanding, even when we were playing our third stringers against their third stringers. And you look at the roster, our guys have talent pretty much everywhere except for the defensive line. And at cornerback, especially, it's just a matter of can they develop the. Mental aspect of the game because they're all so young. Can they just learn the little tricks? And there's no better way to do that than having to play Mike Evans, Godwin, Antonio Brown, Gronk, and all of their other receivers that they have. That they're they're so deep, they're so talented. It's a trial by file Where like Fulton has been really good this year in training camp. He's been beat up a lot in this Bucks joint practices because he's playing three of like the 20 best receivers in the NFL, and that's good right. for him. You <laughs> yeah. might as well get beat and learn what not to do. In joint practices, in August when doesn't matter compared to an actual NFL game.
0: Fulton is a super rookie. I mean, are you really going to call what those kids had to go through last year with no training camp and all the craziness? I'm not calling that a rookie season. No. I'm not making excuses for him personally, but I would understand if a lot of these guys look a lot better around the NFL in year two than they did year one. Um, I'm just glad that this class has somewhat of a normal sort of cycle in the calendar year. You can't just show up – you know, in August and start hitting. So I like Fulton. Landon makes the excellent point. Of course he struggled this week, but I love the experience that he's getting. I like Fulton. Uh, Farley, of course, looks really, really raw. But, you know, I was listening to a podcast today where, you know, former NFL defensive back compared him to Cromartie that played for the Chargers 15 Mm -hmm. years ago. He's just long. He's lean. Whatever I see out of Fulton as be bonus. I just hope we stay healthy enough where he doesn't have to, where we can rely on uh, guys with more experience or Fulton. I say all that to say this: uh, those guys are developing. I've been really impressed with Fulton. Who has impressed you? I know I have in my notes Hall of Famer Elijah Molden because I know you just from the beginning, from the <laughs> time we drafted you stole it out you, of my mouth. You were obsessed with him. But <laughs> how how's that group coming together in your mind?
2: I'll tell you what I think they're doing really well. Um, And it was from the first practice of the day. So we had our, it was our second practice yesterday. So Wednesday, um, where the defense really shined. And that's when Brady said what he did, which uh, I put a lot, I put, I put some faith into it um, when he said that's what good defenses do. I take a little bit of pride in that. And honestly, part of it is from me watching Brady on LeBron show, the shop and kind of how he opened up and, you know, just hearing him talk honestly about, a lot of different things. His commentary on our defense was legitimate and sincere. My boy, Elijah Molden. So he picked off Brady and I was just thinking like, what would that feel like in a a rookie season like this in training camp? And you just picked off Tom Brady, who just won the Super Bowl as I a know. rookie, I and mean, it's so ironic because
0: they're going to get inducted in the Hall of Fame in the same year. I'm sure. Right? It's they're crazy. going to retire about the same time. It's
2: just they'll be linked forever. Yeah, forever, forever. <laughs> so yeah, um, I have I've heard a lot of great things about Elijah Molden in camp so far. He's a brainiac, and we all kind of knew that um, coming in, and that he's feeling comfortable out there, and he's really, you know, kind of just been like shadowing Kevin Byard a lot and our corners and. Um, I know that Caleb Farley has been kind of mentored by Janoris Jenkins, Jackrabbit. So, I mean, I think we've got really good leadership on the team from our veteran guys to help these younger guys kind of acclimate. And like you said, Fulton, yeah, I definitely would not call last year his his true rookie year because it was so crazy. I mean, who, who knows if we had a regular off season, we might've had that big stupid Panda around like, you know, he yeah. might have panned out, but I don't think so. I, I think he was beyond saving. Yeah, um, I think that has nothing to do with football, <laughs> No, yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, but I, I, I'm really impressed with the way that we've kind of come together, especially for the train wreck on, uh, we were on defense last year. Um, it feels like we've turned around, and it feels like we've got some young guys developing. Um, I've got one guy I'm going to wait for till we get to it to talk about. but oh, yeah. Uh, He's coming, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. I can read you on. Know, you can.
0: <laughs> uh, Landon, I think some people might listen to this podcast and think, well, uh, Farley <clears throat> has struggled in camp. But Farley is a guy we always thought would be a little raw. He hasn't really played in about two years, coming off injury. Uh, I want to see him show signs starting about you know early, midseason. Uh, if we can avoid having to have him roles, if Fulton can stay healthy and stay on task and everybody can kind of Move along, that would be the absolute best scenario
1: for Farley, right? Just to be able to like, come in and situational stuff and just show his athleticism, right? Ideally, he's the dime defensive back, Full Jenkins, and then probably Molden. And I'll, I've seen Chris Jackson, he's been getting talked up pretty well, and he was pretty high on the depth chart before the first preseason game. But Farley, I think he had 18, maybe like 18 college starts, and I, like you said, hurt a lot, didn't play. So he's really raw, and he was a positional convert from quarterback to receiver to defensive back. So he is just really far behind on the mental curve compared to a lot of the other rookies. But he just has so much talent, I think, like you said. He's the Don defensive back. He'll get his moments, and he'll probably have some pretty bad ones too.
2: Well, I've heard some good things too about Breon Borders you know, showing up in these joint practices. I mean, probably not as much as... Uh, Molden or Farley because those are the you know it's fresh meat and people know them because of the recent draft but I've heard Breon Borders kind of holding his own
0: yeah I think our depth in that position is better that is important um, because you got Borders and Jackson but these guys are always meant to be the dime they're always meant to be kind of the fourth corner and they could do well in that and then they move up to three in injury or in a pinch It's good to have those guys that know the scheme and they're good, tough football players. It's going to be the guys with higher ceilings that we're going to need to stay healthy and eventually do that. Now, because of that, Farley, I think if those guys can stay healthy and play up to their potential, he can come in situationally for this year. And uh, he was going to have to rely on, you know, uh, Janoris Jenkins is going to be very important, I think. And uh, leadership there is good. I think he is a little bit older. He's a really good, technically sound He's still got his fastball, it looks like, and speed. So he's going to be important. And then you go Fulton, and then you go Farley, and then our then everybody else is our depth guys. Now that, Not that they couldn't be really important to us, because I think that, the way the game is played now, is just absolutely uh, essential. Big fellow, let's talk. I, I assume you were referring to Rashad Weaver. You better and, believe uh, it. And we always have that pass rusher that we really need to be good. This looks like it may not be just a training camp thing. This guy looks like... Uh, not only an NFL player, but a guy that could contribute as a rookie. We're not talking about double-digit and so we're talking about a guy that could be threat, um, uh, threat on third down, right?
2: Oh, yeah, without a doubt. I think he's going to be a great um, addition to our defensive line. You know, in the first preseason game, he had all sorts of stats. I mean, yeah, I, like Landon said, Atlanta wasn't playing any of their starters, but still, this is a guy, um, you know, in his first NFL action, he ends up with a sack and a half, a batted pass, tackles for loss. I mean, this is the kind of thing you want to see from, or or I consider this to be a J-Rob gem. Um, I think this is that sweet spot that, you know, guys get overlooked, and J-Rob picks him up, or we draft him, and then they do wonders for us and i think he could be that guy i mean he's got all the measurables um he he's got the accolades from college he could be a a, a, a diamond landon uh, who do you prefer
0: um Logan Woodside, matt barkley um i backup quarterback can be important um, hopefully they don't play, but do you have a leaning there? Uh, do you look at this and think what, what would be the best for the Titans to open? Or I don't think we'll open with, um, with uh, all three guys. Uh, I think it'll be Woodside or Barkley. Who do you prefer?
1: I would give the edge to the more experienced player in Matt Barkley. He's had actual NFL starts, I believe, over a season's worth at some point. Compared to Woodside, who's only seen – spot snaps for us in late game situations. I think physically Woodside is a bit more talented since he's so much younger, but the arm talent gap isn't that much more noticeable. And if it came down to it, I trust Barkley to be a game manager more than Logan Woodside.
0: Big fellow, would you concur there?
2: I would. I just think Barkley is, you know, he's been around longer. A veteran, he's been around on multiple different teams. He's He's started games after so long logan woodside's been on this team i feel like he's been here for 35 years he's always battling for the number 2 and you know then we sign guys like deshaun kaiser and i just feel like barkley woodside does barely enough to hang on so i kind of just want to get a proven backup so that's kind of why i'm more in on barkley than woodside woodside is really
0: surprisingly a surprisingly really good athlete He just not doesn't have the pedigree and maybe the experience Barkley is a guy we've seen that if he were bigger and uh, had a stronger arm, I think he would be a long-time starter in the NFL. He's just limited physically, I think. Mm-hmm. So it, they kind of are, it's kind of whatever they're going to want to go because I see them as very different guys. This team has a, is top-heavy, and that's a good thing. We have developed some stars over the last five years, especially on offense. We've got a lot of expensive players. When you have a team like that in the salary in the salary cap era. Um, in any sport, when you get to this point, you have to have certain things hit. You have to depend on some low-cost veterans or rookies, first contract guys. It's just how it works. working it can all fall apart. Uh, think about our right tackle situation. Um, really, our offensive line situation through injury last year, especially a tackle, and we had made the right contingencies, and it worked out. That that didn't hurt our season. In years past. We've had some injuries certain places, uh, cornerback and on the offensive line. I'm talking about maybe before the John Robinson era. And a team that could have went eight and eight just fell apart. Well, here we are now. All that being said, for me, and if you guys have a player different than this, like who do we need to make a jump? Who absolutely needs to um, be an average NFL player for this to work and kind of comes from nowhere? We could call it the Daquan Jones Award, right? (laughs) <laughs> and for me, this year, when you look at our depth chart, we look at who has to play me, uh, meaningful snaps. It's TR Tartt, right? Because you just look at our depth uh, in the interior defensive line, and I don't see it. Uh, I didn't see it um, at tackle last year, but some guys really stepped up. For me, I just look at, I think, TR Tartt, and a lot of people expect him to do that. Um, he showed some flashes last year, but we're going to take a guy – who doesn't have that pedigree and isn't a long-standing player, and he's going to have to play meaningful snaps for us. Right, John?
2: Yeah, I think that's actually a really good pick um, because, you know, we need somebody in the middle. I mean, we've got Danico Autru, we've got Big Jeff, but we need rotational guys. It takes need, more than that on yeah, the defense right. line.
0: I know you know that more than anybody.
2: Oh, yeah. You've got to have that extra guy to go in there and sub pack in in different packages. You need to get, get guys fresh, uh, big Jeff, you know, as much as I love him, I don't want him in, in like a thousand plays a game.
0: (laughs) No, it doesn't work that way. I don't care who it is. It didn't work that way for Lawrence Taylor. Right. It just doesn't work. Uh, Landon, who's that player for you? That was this time last year, maybe a fringe player or a guy we don't know about, or maybe they're new to this team who,
1: what role player are we absolutely depending on from a depth perspective this year. I would say Kendall Lamb at right tackle. He's only started three games over the past two seasons. And part of that is that Cleveland had a really good offensive line situation. But we cut Dennis Kelly, who was just on the right side of average right tackle, mm-hmm. bringing Lamb for essentially no difference in cap room. And so now LeJuan coming back, the left, left tackle looks better. And now we sabotage the right tackle spot. And it's between Lamb... Ray Dunes doesn't seem to be in the mix. He's been a guard all training camp there, moving him all over the line. Yeah, or he's Cimbrillo got a, he's got a lot of ceiling, but I don't think he we can depend on him week one. It's true. So, yeah. So I would say Kendall Lamb just, can he be just good enough? Like rookie Conklin, even though rookie Jack Conklin was definitely a better player, we gave him a lot of help, and that eased a lot of the issues that he had early on. So is it can we shift enough of the protections to the right side and the rest of the offensive line hold up. that teams just don't send their best pass rusher at Kendall lamb every time.
0: Big fellow, Josh Reynolds, uh, you know, he's not looked productive and he's not been a big factor. Is he dealing with an Achilles injury from what I hear? You don't, I don't think of Achilles injury as a nagging thing. I think that's like you spend 18 months in, uh,
2: in physical therapy after surgery for that. So what's, What's the deal with Josh Reynolds as far as you yeah? Know? No, I've I've heard that he has had an Achilles in, injury, and the weird thing, like you're ta- you're saying, like you know, it, if you have an Achilles injury, it's either you know you're out and recovering or it's nothing. Um, but he kind of plays it day by day, which I think is really weird. Um, but I've I've seen reports where there are days that he flashes, um, you know, catching touchdowns. Um, And then other times where beat writers are like, well, Josh Reynolds couldn't catch a cold. So he's, you know, I think we're in a really weird time um, with COVID and with contracts that all these players are signing one-year contracts and one-year deals everywhere. And it kind of makes me nervous because, you know, maybe he's waiting for another contract on his next team. Uh, I, I don't know if he, you know, it depends on how much he thinks he needs this season to prove it. I mean, he flashed a little bit in um, Los Angeles. So then he comes here, and let's just say he doesn't ball out of control, uh, or he doesn't play a whole lot. People will kind of look at his Los Angeles tape, and maybe they give him another shot somewhere else. I
0: I understand where you're coming to. Cause it's a bit of a quagmire. It's like I, yeah, I, I didn't think he'd be confusing. I thought he would just slide in at three. Uh, I was surprised right. that he wasn't more productive early, but if Achilles injury is there, but even then it's like that's not a nagging
1: injury. That's you don't you do or you don't. Landon, what you do you recover make of it? What do you make of the Josh Reynolds stuff? I think it's a little bit overblown. If it weren't for the fact that Marcus Johnson is staying healthy and has been balling out, it would be a lot more worrisome. But until it becomes the regular season and Reynolds is either inactive or he's out on the field and noticeably hampered. I won't be too worried because he was never the most explosive athlete in the world. It was always about he was a good hands catcher. He found the open space and zone. And that was, that's pretty much his gig. That's why his career high in yards is only 600. He's just a dependable slot guy. And for us, we need that because we have a lot of slot guys, but none of them are really that big compared to Josh Reynolds. And I think just looking at it, he should be the go-to slot guy unless we rotate A.J. Brown and Julio in. So he, he should have plenty of opportunity. And Todd Downing will probably ske- scheme up a lot of throws to the slot like we did with Arthur Smith last year. So he he should get his stats this year.
0: Landon, what about our kicking game? I think a lot of our fan base assumes that our opening day kicker is not on this roster,
1: is not in camp. Uh, what, are the, what are they going to do with kicker? Well, I would have said Tucker McCann is going to – run away with the job, but he got hurt in the Falcons game, and I haven't really right. heard any updates on his health, but he, he got hit, I think, in the ankle or the knee on his kicking leg, which is worrisome, but I haven't heard anything new. We'll see what happens tomorrow when they play the Bucks. but otherwise, I think McCann would be the guy to expect because he's got the bigger leg. He's better on kickoffs than Ficken, although Ficken has been pretty good accuracy-wise, so I do think he'll be one of those two. We won't pick a guy off the street, but... Just like yeah. because
0: Gostowski's on the street. <laughs> <laughs> he
2: is. Well, Vrabel's even talked to that. He's commented to it. He's like, yeah. you know, we'll figure it out. And, you know, maybe it's some guy that lives near the practice facility. And, like, are you talking about Gostowski? He's like, yeah, move on. <laughs> I mean, not, like, give a third rounder, but I just wish we would solve it. Because I, we were so spoiled.
0: We had, like, three different kickers over, you know, 17 years or something. And I just right. <laughs> missed the continuity there. But, um because it's no big deal until it is a big deal, and we know how that goes because we've been burned in the last two seasons, off and on, with our kickers. So maybe they'll figure something out. Big fella, uh, we had seven thousand fans at a practice when they practiced at uh, Nissan Stadium recently. Uh, there's some real energy, and I think coming off the pandemic, but uh, I think Julio Jones is a big part of that, and just how prolific, uh, one of more exciting. Skill position players in a long time derrick henry i mean you see why there would be a lot of interest there is um are we going to see more titans fans uh at the stadium are we going to see more energy um you know right off the bat here
2: i sure hope so i mean like you said a lot of our fans haven't seen football in you know a year and a half two years so everybody's itching to get back and you know I I know as being season ticket members they send out a lot of emails and there's a really big push to get Titans fans in the stadium so like they give out discounts for buying tickets online for season ticket members so you can bring more Titans fans to the game now hopefully people do the right thing and they don't uh, they're, they're not buying these tickets to resell to other fans but Um, there definitely is an emphasis on getting Titans fans in the stadium. Um, I'll tell you what, so I went to one game last year, I went to the Cleveland Browns game and it was a very, very weird experience. And even in that weird experience of, you know, being with COVID and a limited, you know, reduced capacity stadium and, you know, zip tied seats and all this kind of stuff. It felt like people were there to see Baker Mayfield. Um, and people were there to see miles Garrett. I was just like, Oh, come on. Um, so for a team as good as we are, I really hope that the buzz is back and that we get a lot of two-tone blue in that stadium and then it's rocking and rolling. Um, you know, like the years past where we've had five false star penalties in a row and in that kind of environment for opposing, for opposing fans. So I really hope we're back to normal.
0: Landon, if you dropped this 53-man roster in one of 20 NFL cities, I mean, think about Las Vegas just with that fan base. Or uh, Kansas City, they've all got great teams already. Dallas. Um, if you think about this team with the stars, especially on offense, uh, it would be pandemonium, right? I mean, it would be a really big deal uh, with our great team fan bases that we know around uh, around this country in the nfl that being said if we're ever gonna kind of get back to that 20 years ago McNair, Eddie, george people wouldn't sell their tickets for anything everybody's loud and crazy it
1: would be this season right oh for sure and especially with how offense is the way to go and we have one of the most potent offenses in the nfl i've seen some stuff where people think oh we'll fall back to earth we could but we could also Legitimately be the best offense in the NFL by a decent margin and just score 35 every single week I just think the reason we we've kind of lost that fan base is it's pretty obvious the Titans don't have a History really we had probably five six really good years centered around the year 2000 then 2008 and Just now we've started to come out of the The Great Depression of Titans football and all these other teams you mentioned They've won Super Bowls. They've been around 50, 60 years. The brand is more than the players. The brand is the team. Like right. You don't watch the Cowboys because they have Dak and Zeke. You watch them because they're because the Cowboys. The yeah. People watch the Titans because Derrick Henry is super fun because yeah. he's going to slap someone into the ground. Yeah. And Now we have Julio Jones, who's one of the biggest stars of this new era. They don't watch them because it's the Tennessee Titans.
0: Fellas, we've been a lot of places following this team in a lot of different ways. We've met a lot of people under the age of 40. Yeah, I'm from California. I'm from Pennsylvania, like John. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, Eddie George, Steve McNair. We have an opportunity to, you know, uh, young people between the ages of 5 and 15 right now that could be Titans fans for life, our performance on the field, and just the reputation of our fan base is really important for that. This is a really important season for, I just think, the, like, cultural um, sort of fan experience uh, of the titans.
2: Let me ask you guys this question. You know how near and dear fantasy football is to my heart, but do you think fantasy football is detrimental to actual fan bases cuz you know, 20 20 years ago fantasy football was not what it is today, and you know, with the introduction of daily fantasy leagues and all that kind of and gambling, you know, there are a lot of people that just gravitate towards specific players rather than a team and they're watching you know the titans for 10 minutes just to watch derrick henry or julio or aj brown or you know titans fans are keeping tabs on i won't even say a Steelers game um somewhere else to because of their fantasy players do you think fantasy is actually kind of hurting that fan that fan base mentality i want
0: to answer that first i'm sure Landon will have a great response to this uh, because he can answer for his demographic, which I think is a big part of your question. There, that's an excellent question. I say no. Yes, e- there are less people than there were a generation ago that were they're were just Steelers fans. They're not NFL fans. They're Steelers fans or they're yeah. Titans fans. They're not. They're not NFL fans. They're their team. Landon referred to that earlier. Like people in the nba you root for the stars in the nfl you root for the rivalries and you know your dallas because it doesn't matter who's playing for them how good or bad they are you're a fan of them it does water that down a bit but what it gives you is um a wider more diverse fan base there are people that would otherwise not be into football that are into it because somebody invited them um it, by email to their fantasy football league at work or at church or um, you know, it it has been great for the game and they're going to try to do the same thing with gambling. But fantasy football has made the casual fan pay attention to the entire league. It's made the non-fan a casual fan. So yes, to a point, I think it has uh, distracted people from their regional team but i think it has brought so many more people um that 25 years ago it was mostly mostly not all it was mostly men from the ages of 7 to 70 and now it's it is not i mean it's just a really a worldwide thing people are interested in and i really think it's because i mean if you go to any bar and you watch it it's like they're watching the most obscure stuff and uh, NFL Sunday ticket has been a big part of that where people can like, Oh, we got to put on green Bay because I've got Aaron Jones. And it's like, and it might be like your 50 year old female, like coworker that'll say that. And you're like, what? <laughs> and I think it's been amazing for the game. Cause it's a more diverse fan base. Atlanta, what do you think? I
1: would also disagree. So I'm agreeing with you, Nathan, from what I've seen, Everyone I know still has their favorite team that they ride or die with. And it's probably not as intense as it was probably before the 2000 where it was the TV deals, the TV marketing was more about the big teams and that was it and the games weren't as easy to access where it was, it's your team and it's the nationally televised games. Now it's, it's your team and whatever team you wanna watch. And the, like Nathan said, the way they market the stars copying the NBA's format that, does, uh, that is something a lot of people I know get into. Like they, they like Mahomes. They like Odell Beckham. They like the guys that are all over social media. And they follow those players, but they don't necessarily root for the teams. Like in basketball, a LeBron James fan is going to root for whatever team he's on. I know a couple of kids that are Steelers fans, and they love Odell Beckham. They're never going to root yes. for the Browns. So it's And that's what uh, I like about
0: it because John and I come from a generation uh, just wanted to go like he wants to vomit. Like that. But you'll see people be like, Oh, I like him. It. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> we don't like anybody
2: on the Colts. It's like, no no no, I got go fancy a it's value.
0: Right. It's like That's
2: like that's like me, you know, cheering for Paris Campbell. No thank you. I think that's ultimately gonna be good for the game, but
0: it's weird for the game right now. It's it's quite a transition. I think well, we're gonna have people that are huge Landon is a huge NFL fan, and he's not as interested in going to the games as us, and he is a bit more like maybe has more breadth of knowledge, and I just think that's what I think maybe the old school. We just have to kind of
2: acclimate to that, right? I think that's a fair point. It
0: doesn't make him less of a fan, but it is strange. And I I speak more Landon as far as like he's a huge Titans fan, but like that's more his demographic. I mean, they're more open-minded. That's not a bad thing, but it is.
2: Well, Landon, if you ever cheer for the Steelers, you're dead to me. Ever. I would never go that far. If any player I like
0: goes to the Steelers, then they
1: end up being dead. But he likes Juju,
0: and he wouldn't keep him from drafting him on fantasy football. So it, it is kind of a,
1: you know. We're obviously
0: very excited for the upcoming season. Here we are, boys. It's going to be a blast. We have, you know, we have an extra game this year. So we have an extra home game, a regular season home game. And I just look at our home schedule just not even being a homer I mean that, just down the line right big fella uh, just gonna be a great season if we can if we can avoid uh, this uh, variant we can get more people vaccinated we're just gonna have an amazing uh time at Nissan Stadium this this fall
2: you mean we're gonna have an amazing time at SoFi Stadium in in February right fingers <laughs> crossed <laughs> I'm gonna book my ticket now but I I too like our <laughs> home schedule I like that all of our toughest games are at home uh, with the exception of the Seahawks. I just really love – you know, I I love that we get Buffalo in another primetime game because, you know, we had that weird Tuesday night game last year, and it was here in Nashville, and I'm ready to just do it again. And, you know, because iron sharpens iron, and I think Buffalo, Kansas City are two of the best people that we will play all season, and they're back-to-back, both at home um, and – I I really like our chances uh, of winning both uh, of those games, but I really guarantee we'll win at least one of them because we're not going, we're not going to lose two back to back games against teams uh, you know that are top competition. It's not going to happen.
0: With, it can't happen really, and and really do what we want. I mean, I know it could technically, but um, I mean, I'm right now. I'm looking at this preseason game on NFL Network, and you know. Kansas City and in Arizona and I know these are we're watching the back end of the roster here but it just makes me think about how interesting it is going to see that Arizona team on September 12th oh yeah just down the line I mean we host New Orleans again it's just um it's going to be a blast I'm super excited for this season I'm thankful that I hope we're back to where we can go to the games and all that and uh, I'm just really excited fellas y'all have anything else we need to cover uh for the
2: folks at home before we get out of here I just say watch out for my boy Rashad Weaver. He's going to do it. And Elijah the Hall of Fame Molden. <laughs> he he he's going to be he's going to be a pros pro for years to come. I promise you all that.
0: Well, you've made some good calls on defensive backs um, in the in the last several years. Uh, most of them have not played on our team, so, you know, you've got credibility with me there and I <laughs> certainly hope you're right. Uh, if we can have those guys hit even if they're good role players as rookies, that's going to go a long way. I have to think um, that we're going to get um, our defense is going to be improved from last year. We were just at a place where bad on assignments. I think they're going to circle the wagons on that coaching staff and at least that part's going to be better if we can get um, some some locked in talent, even young talent. It's just going to go a long way. Everyone knows, barring injury, that's what's going to make us, you know, a playoff contender or Super Bowl contender is a much improved defense because I think our offense when healthy is I mean they've proved everything they've needed to the last two seasons yep all right guys that'll wrap up another Tennessee Titans talk we're thrilled to be back with you we're going to try to be back with you as much as possible Uh, until the season starts always check in with us weekly we'll give you whatever we need to Find us on Twitter. Follow us. Uh, we get a lot of listens. We get a lot of follows. We just appreciate you guys taking the time to listen to us. Uh, we do our homework, and we care about this team, and we just love every minute of it. You can't beat late August because just the anticipation of another NFL season. Uh, it's great to be in the arena. It's great to be uh, have a team that we can root for with a lot of optimism. We'll see what happens. for big fella and Landon. This is Nathan, and we will see you next week. Tighten up
1: tighten up tighten up